Welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 19 years of healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My skill in moving energy combined with my medical background have been a catalyst for change in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a little bit of a different um, hour. I'm not going to be taking calls. I'm actually interviewing someone. And so this is going to be part of a podcast that we will be hosting on our website and also playing when I'm traveling. So I'm going to be interviewing people who I believe are on the leading edge of thought, as I do when I interview people on the show, people who, I, who are authors or spiritual teachers or whatnot. But I'm going to be interviewing people that maybe I wouldn't always interview <laughs> until I met them, you know, and I don't meet a lot of the people that I interview. I mostly, they send me a book by their agent or their publisher. I read the book or look at it and go, oh, yeah, I'll interview that person. But I actually met this person in real life and um, learned a little bit about them and thought that their story was interesting, fascinating, actually. And of course, I just fell in love with the person and the community of this person. And so um, I'm interviewing Ryan Meeks. He is a pastor or a minister of a church here in the Northwest. And you have a really, 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 really interesting story, Ryan. So welcome <laughs> to you. our show today. Uh, it's an honor to be here. It's lovely to have you. We, we kind of met under some circumstances that we'll talk about perhaps, yeah, yeah. you know, in the show, if you want to talk about that. Um, and one of the things that I discovered about you when I met you in person is that you are in a, a pastor, you know, a minister. I was raised in a very non-religious family, you know, so I don't have a lot of religion in my family, even though my sister actually knew who you were. I was on a walk one day with my daughter <laughs> and the baby, okay. uh, the grandbaby. Well, actually, my daughter was pregnant at the time. And you were on a walk with your wife because okay. my daughter and you and your wife actually live a yeah. few streets away from each really other. Close. Right. So we were on a walk, and we ran into each other, and you and I hugged, and, you know, all of that lovely stuff. And my daughter goes, is that Ryan Meeks? And I go, yeah. <laughs> I'm not my daughter, my, my sister. My sister said, is that Ryan Meeks? And I go, yeah. She goes, he's a pastor of Eastlake. I go, I, yeah, that's right, because my sister went to Eastlake. Oh, my gosh, no right? way. Yeah, she knows a lot oh, of people funny. that are part of the church. Okay. So Eastlake was an evangelical church, right? Yeah, that's right. Fascinating. That's Just so, started. so fascinating, right? <laughs> so you have this background of being raised in an evangelical um, family, yeah. correct? Right? Yeah, my father uh, was a, and is, or well, he just retired in September. Did he really? So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of grew up in that in that world, although he didn't. Um, really? Yeah, he, he was kind of like... Uh, I don't know, socially Catholic family, but one of those uh, Christmas Easter kind of kind of families, and had a sort of a transformative experience as a teenager, and then uh, sort of uh, kind of gave his life to the ministry. So I grew up in a in a pastor's household. Wow! Uh, and it was a positive yeah, experience for me, very mm -hmm. much so. And uh, but when we moved up here to start our, the church. Um, our goal was to create something that would work for people who, you know, basically were our friends. We're like, you know, religion, a lot of the stuff that everyone talks about that yeah. doesn't really resonate or it's so, yeah. you know, constricting or certain people right. aren't allowed. We wanted to do something fresh. Right, right. Yeah. So, and your wife, Michelle, also was raised in an evangelical family, uh -huh. right? So you have yeah. this long, long history of what I would consider more conservative beliefs about lifestyle sure. and religion and something I'm only familiar with because... 
my sister and I argued about it many, <laughs> many times when we were raising our young families yeah. because I was going to go to hell yeah, <laughs> you know, pretty quick. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, and I didn't really, so we, we had our, our unique conversations. Yeah. Right. And um, so I thought that was, re- she recognized you immediately. That's funny. I know. Isn't that fascinating? <laughs> so, so here you, when I read your dad's energy, by the way, yeah. he is, yeah. he's a good businessman. Your yeah, father he is. is an excellent, I don't even think of him as a minister, which <laughs> I, I know he was or is yeah. or semi-retired. Yeah, right. Yeah. Cause I did a little, uh, background check on, and I knew you grew you, he is in San Diego. You uh-huh. grew up here though. Yeah. Both of you are uh-huh. from Seattle. So you returned to your homeland, if you will. You um, right. Um, to Washington, but, um, you and Michelle, I assume moved, did you meet in San Diego too, or did you meet in Seattle? You met no, here. Yeah, wow. Here, yeah. mm-hmm. And then, um, you, for whatever reason, your father started a church in California, mm-hmm. but he's a really good businessman. Your dad oh yeah. Is. He's yeah. really good. Very intuitive with how to, wow. you know, run a, yeah. organization i guess yeah. yeah and and i know that because i believe that ministers at least in your energy um there is a huge amount of compassion you know just enormous mm-hmm. i mean i think you've i think you've actually i think angels have been talking to you <laughs> since you were a child um and i think that even though you were uh, and you can interrupt me at any time by the way <laughs> i think that even though you were very compliant and um so respectful of your family and the teachings that you were taught. Mm-hmm. I just believe the angels have been speaking to you in many, many different voices in many, many different ways since you were a small child. And, yeah. and you had a different take on things. I don't think you let yourself know that initially. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't necessarily see that about your dad. You know, I have a, a different energy about your father. Mm-hmm. I think he is very compassionate, but to him it's a business, you mm-hmm. know, it's, this is the family business sort of a thing, mm-hmm. you know, um, not that he necessarily expected you to follow him in his footsteps. Yeah, uh, I actually think that was a little bit of a a shock, to and him. even a little bit of a stressor. Like, because he knows that that it doesn't come with a lot of, uh, uh, you know, it's not easy. I, I think, and he, I know that they've even communicated to my wife and I uh, over the last couple of years. Like, oh, when you guys decided to do this, we were so <laughs> nervous, but we know we we don't tell you what to do, and <laughs> that Which never is goes lovely. well. Yeah, I think that was they're great lovely. parents. Yeah, they are. You've had yeah. a great family upbringing. Yeah. Um, and so you guys moved to Seattle. You decided to start. So we, you're one of the starting pastors of Eastlake or the yeah. founding pastor of Eastlake. Yeah, Michelle and I, my wife, we founded it together with uh, about seven friends of ours. Um, wow. Half of whom were living in San Diego beforehand, who relocated, and then the other half who were already wow. here. So kind of a friendship group that had been around for a while. and. And uh, again, and you guys are young. <laughs> you are. Well, I turned 40 next month. So yeah, that's young. That's yes, very young. Absolutely. But just you getting started. You started this over, what, 14 years ago? Uh-huh. Right. So yeah. you were, you know, I was 25. Right. I think, when very we, young yeah. to yes. take on such an ambitious. But I had all the answers necessary <laughs> to lead people to heaven. Yeah. Which you found <laughs> out you didn't actually. <laughs> right. Not. You know, but, but so that's a very young age to yeah. be so ambitious. It, Although I don't think you realized how successful you were going to be. Oh, for sure not. Oh, yeah. gosh. I thought if if I would spend the rest of my life pastoring a 300-person church, it would have been great. Which is still a significant number, but we're Absolutely. talking about a mega evangelical yeah, church. Yeah, it eventually was. Thousands of people, you know, almost 5,000 people every Sunday, yeah. sometimes on a holiday, yeah, over 8,000, 8, yeah, right? Totally. People in your church. That's mm-hmm. a huge <laughs> amount of people that you're yeah. helping to care for and nurture and love and and listen mm-hmm. to and yeah. and 
deliver information to so that they can go home and be okay and and raise their families and yeah. and and all of the and and all the things that go on funerals and births and marriages and Absolutely. it's a huge gigantic responsibility yeah. and you did it effortlessly i know you wouldn't say it that way and i'm sure your wife who's <laughs> is laughing a little bit in the background here because she's in the studio with us michelle is um that uh, you wouldn't say that, you know, I know you worked very, very hard and you had a great crew yeah, that worked sure. with you, people you trust, also young. Yeah. But I get what you're saying. Like there's a, there was a level of, uh, I guess the, maybe the word here would be intuitive, but some of these things came naturally to me. Community yeah. building yeah. came naturally to me. Right. And right. Um, I think part of the, my role has always been um, to cut through the veil a little bit and, and uh, I don't know, maybe the magic of what we called our, our religion of Christianity and say, like, there's some practical wisdom in the middle of all of this. How do we hang on to our minds and journey in a way that's authentic to us and helpful to the world? And, of course, that sent us on quite the adventure. Right. You know? When you try to start a community that's about, like, hey, we want to be able to ask questions and challenge our assumptions. Well, we did that. <laughs> we So much so that it actually... We reformed what we would call Christian faith to the point where many people would say it's no longer Christian faith. Right, right. Um, and so that was kind of the big adventure of it all. Which right. And so when did that, so you started asking these questions within, you know, your yeah. your pa- parish. I, I don't know all the right yeah. words. I'm That's so fine. Sorry. <laughs> parish um, works. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the word parish. Yeah. I think it's stunning. Um, and so you started asking questions. Yeah. While you're preaching. Yeah, on probably Sundays. about the time, well, about the time that we had hit about 3,000 people uh-huh. on a weekend. I had finally had a, a large enough staff where I could delegate, and I, I had time to think. Before that, we had been growing so fast. I mean, when you go from nine people to 3,000 in, let's see, uh, three and a half years, wow. you're working under the tyranny of the urgent to the point where, you know, ra- like really thinking through something at depth is not as a luxury you don't have at that point. Right now you're just like, What's how many parking stalls do we have? And how much, <laughs> yeah, there's no inner work. Marie, Marie, there's no time for this. We got to get people saved from hell. So anyway, we were, we're, we're moving so fast. I just love you. You're so adorable. And you just bring this fresh, fun, you know, um, real, but fun influence into this you know, kind of complicated and unique conversation that yeah. we get to have, yeah. right? right? Yeah, well, hopefully, But, but yeah. I love what you said. How many parking spots do we <laughs> yeah. have? Well, that's right? what was consuming me. Like, yeah. you know, what, how much square foot, you know, how, yeah. do and we have for the kids' And where was the church exactly? Well, by that point that we're talking about, through yeah. about 3,000, we had just relocated from renting a uh, junior high school in Kirkland to a massive warehouse in Bothell um, oh, wow. in the Canyon Park area. Wow. And uh, so that we, which scared the... You know, yeah. the doobie out of me there. <laughs> <laughs> that word that, you know, yeah. yeah go ahead. Yeah. So th- at that point, when I finally had the staff to delegate and, and create some space for me to, you know, ask the questions I'd been sort of pushing down, like I'm too busy for those questions. Well, those questions that I'd always had, and maybe right? like you say, those the angels, angels speaking to me. They've been talking to you since you were a baby. I finally had time to start listening to those questions mm-hmm. wherever they were coming from. And, and, uh, I started reading all the books that I was told not to read, right? You know, the, like what? the like, forbidden like... books. Well, guys, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of these guys, but like people like my, who's now, these guys are all friends, like Rob Bell and Brian McLaren, some of these edgy, what people would call, at that point, they were in what's called the emergent church, and they were mm. sort of exploring different modalities mm. within a larger tent Christian tradition. So these were people who are originally evangelical, and they're 
beliefs yes. or ministry right. as well. And so they had started to mm-hmm. question, well, gone beyond that. Yeah. And were producing books mm-hmm. about their own transformation. Yeah, and it beliefs. was more of a pluralistic, a larger, more uh, what Brian McLaren would call a more generous orthodoxy. And so I right. use those books as sort of a gateway drug so that <laughs> by the time I'm finished with the book, I'm going to the back and looking at all the footnotes and I bibliographied my way wow. into wow. Uh, you know worlds of thought that I would have never have had access to. So from that point then I'm reading like Buddhist teachers and wow. you know uh, mystical Islam and whatever to the point where I realized wow my perspective was so narrow um it, in some ways it was a little bit paralyzing. I, I mean at that point I was like wow there's so little that I know. So that. your brain was your brain was exploding yes. basically every single day. You were having aha moments. Mm-hmm. I think you were having multisensory experiences. Oh yeah, I there was like stuff I didn't want to talk about. I was having dreams. Yeah, who did you talk and to? Vision. Could you talk to Michelle about it? Not at first. <laughs> I, I, well, and I'll say because well, you both have this intense upbringing, which mm-hmm. I don't know that much about. Just a few things my sister felt comfortable to say in our presence mm-hmm. at yeah. dinner because she knew her entire family <laughs> didn't believe in any of that yeah, right yeah. so so i my my knowledge is extremely limited so i can only imagine you're coming home sleeping with your gorgeous you know beautiful wife who's been this incredible supportive of you mm-hmm. you have this mega church you guys have four children well i don't know if you had four at that time yeah we did yeah you did okay uh, not in, not in 2008 when we were 3000 but a couple years later yes we had so a and growing she's busy family busy right yeah. and your community and this is your rock mm-hmm. right Absolutely. and so what made so eventually you said something to her? Yeah, right. I mean, at first she's I was happily worried. sitting next to you, <laughs> just laughing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. happily, you know. Um, so yeah, it, you're worried. Yeah, what, I, what you're afraid she's going to divorce you? The, I mean, because that doesn't I happen a lot in the evangelical lifestyle. Yeah, well, yeah, divorce is never. I'm not. I, what do they say? What's the line? The divorce is not on the table or whatever, <laughs> which, which is so unhealthy. I can't imagine it's being in a relationship where you're never allowed to talk about yeah. separating. Like that's called abuse. But anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> when you're afraid of God, there's so many things that you call love that are actually which is, abuse. I but, love what you just said. You know that, that it's interesting how certain philosophies of a religion it's really based on the fear of God, not absolutely. the love and the compassion and the joy of being in union right. with yourself mm-hmm. in this vibrational frequency of unconditional love. Yes. Wow. That's a big problem in, in, you know, all religious traditions have their strain of that. I, I don't, I don't know if it was Socrates who said something to the effect of, do the gods love what is good because it is good or is what the gods love good because the gods love it, you know? And so <laughs> it, it, is goodness this fundamental ethic that stands on its own or is this just like if the gods think genocide is okay is that automatically loving and so right. even in evangelicalism Which, you can get that's into these really really interesting because i actually listened to a small section of a podcast and and th- that you were interviewed okay, in yeah. as my my homework right because okay. <laughs> i really want to read a book of yours yeah and oh, I know, I, i'm not kidding about that <laughs> i'm really you are incredibly articulate sounds You're like intelligent. Work, it is work it is work i've written one and it's work so but i think you're up for the task and I would be honored to read a book that you would oh, write. So I'm looking you. forward to it and I'm going to keep talking to you about it until mm-hmm. it's produced. Okay. All right. Because I already <laughs> see it. So if I can see something that means it's already in the energy system, you could destroy my vision. Literally, you could stop putting energy towards it, but I mm-hmm. don't recommend it. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, love I mean, that. you can, but 
I'll start using that with my teenagers. You can disobey me, but I don't recommend it. So, Yeah, it didn't work so well with my teens. Although, hopefully, I mean, my kids are all young adults now, right? Yeah. You know, But hopefully they won't tell you all the really bad stuff until they're in their 30s. Because right. what happens now is when we're in at dinner, they'll tell me, oh, they'll tell me something at dinner. And I'm like, I wish you had never told me that. <laughs> I did that to my mom a few years ago. <laughs> like, I'm, We're in the car, and my wife's like, maybe just don't tell your mom that stuff. Yeah, right? right? Let's okay, don't mention it. Keep that one yeah. to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's openness and honesty, and then there's just abusing your parents, right? <laughs> yeah, I, like, I think it's Aw. a form of abuse. So you're having these aha moments. You're hearing the angels who've been speaking to you since you were a child. And, and I think this is where your true compassion comes from and your intuitive nature about how you help people because you do you've always helped people even though I and I mean no no disrespect to your father hopefully he won't listen to this podcast but even (laughs) though sometimes the advice he gave you was more business related versus based on your internal natural compassionate ability to help other people heal Mm because I think you have this in spades I think it's beautiful so you're married and you're having aha moments and so how did you approach this with Michelle and when did you yeah um, and who did you talk to about this? Because we didn't know each other. Yeah. Even though I know. That would have been helpful, actually. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it may have been too much. Or it may have been too much. Yeah, yeah at the that's time. Fair. Yeah, that, I don't know. Actually, that definitely would have been too much. <laughs> yeah, scratch that. Well, you know, I couldn't talk to very many people at all. And in fact, I, a large part of what I do these days is I am that you know, secret person that right. pastors call who right. are like, I can't talk to anybody, but you're safe because you're crazy heretic and <laughs> you know none of my friends, you know, so. But in that day, you know, in those days, I talked to Which the, is the, the books. Oh, well, I, I, I just want to say that yeah. that crazy heretic comment that you made, yeah. that is beautiful. I mean, really, that is <laughs> yeah. stunning and gorgeous. That is a, a true person that you can go to who you can be extremely vulnerable with, yeah. who has information through the ages mm-hmm. you know? oh i love the word heretic i, I a buddy of you're mine was so the one not who told me. i mean you're so not but i'm just <laughs> saying that that those are the people who have the real knowledge right yeah. because they don't have they don't have a role to play they don't have their defense mechanisms intact Absolutely. Yeah. so their ability to receive and channel powerful information that goes beyond the beyond mm-hmm. is intact for them yeah so there's a freedom in in yeah. in you know, embracing your own heresy. You know, I don't. I don't see it as a negative thing. No. Obviously, it's used as a negative thing, but it part only of the in etymology, some circles, not my yeah. circles. But part, of the yeah. etym- part of the etymology of the word, anyway, is that to have a perspective or an opinion that diverges. Right. And so, exactly. like, oh my gosh! So basically, think for yourself, and you can be a heretic. There yeah, you go. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> so anyway, back so, yes. to yeah. I have nobody to talk to. I'm I'm having these one sided conversations with books. And uh, and of course, wrestling with my under, own understanding of God, I'm like shaking my fist at the sky, and I'm, you know, and I've always been a pretty emotive person, but I'm, I'm, I mean, I was weeping. Like, where are you? How can this happen? I don't understand how the goodness of a good God and this hell dynamic, and where do I go with this? So I felt pretty isolated and alone, and I would try to sneak in some questions and phrases with my staff and when people would kind of freak out and be like ooh to dial it back then and nobody's ready like to talk what? about like this. what's an example of a question well, just even saying like you know well how could this be good and talk about a, a particular element of christian theology like hell or something like that and then people get you know you can energy wise you can feel people's <laughs> energy they're not interested in a conversation about a topic but i realized i was bringing up a topic that they held beliefs about on the level of identity. Mm-hmm. And so when people hold their beliefs at the level of identity, 
you're not talking about the belief. You're talking about their identity. <laughs> right. And so that's a dangerous thing. So I realize these aren't safe conversations to have with people who hold these at identity level. And then I worried, of course, that my wife, who is just uh, so, you know, such a wonderful partner in all of this, how would she take me saying, hey, the foundational worldview that we've built our life on, I'm really questioning a lot of the foundational Crumbling. principles. and Yeah, and I didn't want her to feel like, oh, gosh, you know, Ryan's he, he not going to be able to be a faithful partner with me. And so it took me a while to feel, like, safe. And, and in retrospect, I think I would have always been safe bringing this up yes, with Michelle. But, I think you would have, yeah. But I was uh, fearful of losing not just her, but my community, my life, my job. Everything, everything was connected to everything. this worldview. And so eventually, 2000, I don't know, maybe 11... Uh, 12 might, might have been the time when we're really having serious conversations. I would s- try to have little ones with her, uh-huh. and then I'd back off when I could <laughs> see it was a little bit strenuous because we were, at her specifically, you know, because I'm working, but she's with two young kids at this time. So we're already sleep-deprived and exhausted <laughs> with the, and the two littles and the two old. And you have people yes. that you're, you're ministering to Absolutely, full-time. Absolutely, a large staff at this point. Right. I mean, 30-some people. Because when I look at churches at a mega church. Mm-hmm. You're ministering twenty four seven. Yeah, absolutely. You know? There's no off. Your phone doesn't turn no, off. You, you don't can't. clock out. No, I mean <laughs> because when your community needs you, they need you. And yep. when you have thousands of people who are part of your church, whether mm-hmm. it's every Sunday or only at Christmas Eve, right? It, anyone can call you. And of course, they don't even mm-hmm. have to be a part of your community. Your job yeah, is to answer totally. the phone, answer the door, absolutely, no matter who's there. Yeah, I'm doing right? a memorial for someone I have no connection to tomorrow at one right. o'clock. So exactly, absolutely, it's it that you're always on, and and you know, learning how to manage that and create some boundaries is an important part of growing up as a minister. I've had to learn some of those <laughs> things, but yeah, I mean, you know, we, when we first started to really have some serious conversations, I think at first it was scary, just like it was for me, but. Um, Michelle and I have a weird, you know, we, we're not sure what we actually believe, but we have a connection <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's so strong. Right. You're, you're, you're mates. Yeah. You're like, true soulmates I wish everyone partners. could have a marriage like I ours, wish everyone honestly. could too, actually. Yeah. Because what's supposed to happen, and I'm, I hope I'm not interrupting too soon. No, go for it. Is that, you know, when you're with a person who's meant to be a partner for you, you grow together. Absolutely. And it doesn't mean you grow exactly at the same speed, but your viewpoints change. You help each other. Even if you don't agree with what your partner's saying, you go, huh, I I don't know about that, babe. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure, but I'm going to go get a massage. When I come back, let's talk about this, right? (laughs) Or whatever, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like- For sure. Right. So, So right away, you felt like, Oh, okay, honey. Let's talk about this. Or, yeah, I I think that there were stages to it. I think in the there was a couple of years where I was feeling very very isolated. It was just me, and I would leak some ideas to her at some point, but that would scare her. But then a couple of years later, and I think that's maybe eleven or twelve, two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. I was like taking some risks. Like I don't think this is this is actually not only not true. This is toxic to human people. Like this is, you can't tell someone that the fundamental truth about who they are is they're broken and they're a problem to God. This is like abusive and basically, and we need, I don't know what to do about this. And so, um, you know, I I think initially it was uh, foreign information, but also it rang true enough to Michelle to be like, you're right. These are basically (laughs) things we try to avoid talking about. Eastlake has never been the Bible bashing church you know basically there were there were essential christian doctrines that we just frankly avoided uh <laughs> because they insulted our souls and right. so we were just like ah we don't know what to do with that yet so we'll go around it for now and 
eventually you just the the stinking garbage heap that you're trying to annoy uh, avoid uh, starts smelling so bad you have to deal with it. I think that's what happened to us. We're like, all right, let's deal with this. This is ugly. This is unhelpful. This doesn't align with our wow. inner truth. And at some point, we're going to have to um, live in integrity, I wow. think, and, and get rid of it. And so that it was pretty quick. She was faster than me on some of the other right. issues, especially as they relate to people, like the LGBT conversation. Michelle was so fast. She's like, yeah, that's, I get it. They're fine. <laughs> They're fine. And I was like, oh, wait, I just need to read 17 more books and have 19 <laughs> arguments for why. And I'm going to go into the science. But Michelle was like, I get it. I love them. They're beautiful. We're, I'm over it, you know. And, and so, you know, at some points I'm ahead. At some points she's ahead. Right. And we're pulling each other. And I love it. Yeah. That dynamic plays, has still, it still plays out. She's still bugging me about stuff that I'm like, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm having the pleasure of interviewing Ryan Meeks. He is the pastor of Eastlake, a church here in the Northwest, actually in Kirkland. You are in Kirkland at Juanita Elementary School. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 Um, I didn't live too far from that school. I drove (laughs) past it. Mm Forever, forever, and they just remodeled it. Um, when I drive in on the mornings, I wave at your house. Do I'm you? like, hey, Marie! Oh. <laughs> We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Reach out, touch faith. Join Marie on November 3rd and 4th in Redmond, Washington for her two-day seminar, Communicating Beyond the Veil. One of the greatest experiences Marie has had the pleasure of receiving is the ability to communicate with loved ones and spirit guides living on the other side. And this is a natural gift that everyone has. Over the years, Marie has helped clients and students learn the techniques necessary to achieve this valuable skill. In this workshop, you'll learn the dimensional realities that exist beyond Earth, how to know the difference between your own thoughts and communications coming from those living outside of Earth, how to maintain your human energy system in a vibrational flow that allows for higher self-connection, and how to hear, see, feel, or experience those living on the other side. For more information, go to energyintuitive.com. To buy your home, you became a house hunting ace. Learned about loans, scoured neighborhoods, and asked the right questions. Now you're queen of your castle. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. With 401k tips and smart saving strategies, you'll feel empowered to own your retirement like you own your home. Go to aceyourretirement.org. Because when it comes to clearing financial hurdles, you're an ace. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. The Marie Manucheri Show is streamed live over the internet. So if you have friends or family members living outside of the Seattle area wanting answers to life's questions, encourage them to listen to the show and to call into the show to talk with Marie. If you are interested in receiving guidance on an issue in your life, call Marie locally at 425-373-5527 or toll free at 1-877-825-8828 for her insight into your situation. 
On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed back numerologist Michael John Fierro. Do we really have a destiny that can be recognized by the numbers? Even the United States is having another birthday this week. On Saturday, Susan Messino returns with a survey of her life as a rock music maven and arbiter of pop culture. She also has a flair for metaphysics and philosophy. Bringing you fascinating talk since 2007, we are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Need help getting started with self-help? You came to the right place. Alternative Talk, 1150. Marie Manucheri has had the pleasure and honor of shifting the vibration of thousands of clients and students from around the world. Her method, Divine Energy Medicine, is the art of raising the human energetic frequency, leading to mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health. During this two-day intensive course, you will discover how to read the energy of others while improving your relationship with yourself, gain intuitive knowledge of the synergetic relationship between chakras and human feelings, and identify energetic locations and actions of the energy centers. Join Marie on Saturday, March 23rd and Sunday, March 24th, 2019 in Vancouver, Washington, and practice divine energy medicine to increase your ability to connect deeply with others. For more information, go to energyintuitive.com. This is you over 30 years ago. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And this is your mom now. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Roles change without us noticing. That's why AARP gives you the information to provide even better care for your loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Having trouble picking up the Alternative Talk 1150 signal? Well, whether you live in Portugal or Puyallup, Tasmania or Tacoma, India or Issaquah, you can get Alternative Talk 1150 programming streamed live on your computer via our website, 1150kknw.com. It's true. Just visit 1150kknw.com and click on the Listen Live button. Make sure you have an audio player installed that will play streaming MP3 audio such as Winamp iTunes, or current versions of Real Player or Windows Player. Visit our website for more details. Remember, that's 1150kknw.com. Join Marie October 19th through October 21st in Redmond, Washington for her annual Reiki Workshop. This two-and-a-half-day Reiki Workshop will attune you to all three levels of Reiki, including the master level, the necessary attunement to teach Reiki to others. Attunements will increase your body's vibrational frequency allowing you to expand your emotional healing and spiritual growth, as well as promote change in the body on a cellular level. Over the weekend, there will be guided meditations to deepen your intuitive awareness, as well as time for hands-on work. Marie will also discuss the chakra system, share her personal insights on energy medicine, and assist participants in understanding how to transmute these issues and use intention, the greatest tool for wellness, to heal all areas of human life. For more information, go to energyintuitive.com. Exploring new territory every day. This is Alternative Talk 1150. And 
welcome back to the Marie Manu Sherry Show. Manu Cherry, you can say my <laughs> name myself. I'm interviewing Ryan Meeks. He is the pastor of Eastlake that went through a major transformational experience um, around 2014, I believe, where your church actually kind of fell apart, if you <laughs> would say. The great unraveling. The great <laughs> unraveling, because you spoke honestly to your congregation and shared your feelings of wanting to allow everyone into the church mm-hmm. and to, that you changed your, you really never had some of these ideas, you know, some of them, sure. But, but overall you spoke before we took a break about how there was a stinking pile of philosophy yeah. that you and many people who were sitting in your church were like avoiding, like, Oh, we're not going to talk about, we don't know how to talk about that. And we don't really believe in this. We don't know how to yeah. approach it because there are unfortunately or fortunately people who do believe in, that unless you live your life a certain way, you're that's the only way you get into the gates of heaven, right? right? And then if you don't do things a certain way, you don't go to heaven, which mm-hmm. as an intuitive and a spiritualist, I've never seen hell. I've never seen it. I've The only hell I've ever seen is within an individual, their Absolutely. own personal yeah. and hell. Those are everywhere. Yeah, those are everywhere. I agree. <laughs> I have my own, right? Yeah. We all have our own place Absolutely. of inner hell, right? Um, but I've never seen one in the cosmos. You know, I've never seen the devil. I've I've never seen that. And of course I was not raised religiously, but even when I looked, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what they're yeah. talking about. Well, I'm not surprised. It's, right. a, You're not it's surprised. an insane idea. Well, it's actually yeah. really productive if you want to control a group of people. Right. Because what could be more scary than uh, you're going to be burning for eternity (laughs) and everyone you love. So that's pretty motivating. And it's motivated to help convert people into having a strong Christian belief systems because you don't want anyone burning in hell. So that means you really never get to turn off as an evangelical person. Right. You know, because you're constantly saving people, whether you're on an airplane or you're in a bathroom or you're Mm -hmm. in a line at a grocery store or you're picking up kids at school. You know what I mean? Yeah, You're always on. You got to be ready to share the gospel. Right. (laughs) Because you're saving lives. Absolutely. Yeah. At least that's the story. Right. And so, so you didn't completely buy into this entire belief, you know, from an early age, whether you knew it or not. I was always the one like, I don't know if it's working for me. You know, I was, (laughs) they had these prayer meetings or whatever, and everyone's like getting, receiving these words from the Holy Spirit. And I'm like trying so hard to feel it. And you know, wow. I, I, for a long time, it was it resulted in me feeling like, man, I like a fake. What's almost. wrong with me? Right, like yeah. everyone else is getting these like visions. But they and, weren't. Yeah, they and they're laughing. And, yeah, and I was like, I'm not going to fake it. So I just felt like oh, I'm JV. I'm JV Christian, you know. And so that was what's JV hard Christian for a while. mean? Like junior varsity. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm not quite going to make the team. But in know? reality, you were actually the most authentic. Oh, and and I'm what I'm grateful for is it shaped the way we organize Eastlake. For a long time, we used the phrase "church for the rest of us" because I wanted to create a space where the people like me who are like, ah, <laughs> oh, well, that doesn't work for me, and but I still want to live virtuously. Right. And I've used the phrase many times. I think you know Eastlake, especially those of us who were drawn to the staff team, mm-hmm. we've always been people who were. I don't mean to be this to sound arrogant, but I mean we were better than our theology. Meaning yeah, that's good. We felt like we needed to believe these nine things, but we actually lived more ethically in a more humanist way. Yeah, of course. In spite of saying, well, you know, uh, <laughs> we don't want to be identified with Christianity all the time because right. that meant like anti-women, anti-gay, anti-Muslim. You know, there was all these anti-postures that we didn't identify with, but we loved. This notion that we found in Jesus of 
boundaryless community, nonviolent peacemaking, abundant generosity, sacrificial love. These are beautiful. Beautiful. Um, and the so true we want to hang on to those. Absolutely. Yeah, those are the true yes. teachings. Yeah. And how do we find those within? And so mm-hmm. I think it just took us a little bit longer <laughs> to realize that um, we could keep Jesus, keep the keep these beautiful <laughs> ethics uh-huh. without having to buy into the dogma and the control and the doctrines that frankly were insulting our souls. Wow. So uh, how did your team feel about this? Because I can only imagine, because you came out to them first. I mean, after you have this lovely mm-hmm. chat with your beautiful, yeah. you know, many yeah. conversations over mm-hmm. a period of time, yeah. then you have to come clean to your staff, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that's who you are and they, yep. they are already getting suspicious. I can tell. Yeah, <laughs> for know? sure. And I'm, and I'm terrible at keeping a secret, which is a great <laughs> thing to have in a pastor. It is. Yeah. It's a great thing. <laughs> but I, yeah, I can't keep stuff in like right. it, it, whether whatever's happening is I'm going to talk about, it. I'm an external processor anyway. And so even on stage, I mean, it's funny to me that people <laughs> act shocked that where I'm at today, I'm like, were you listening? I mean, I was, <laughs> I was sneaking this stuff in, in 2009. And so uh-huh. at some point, uh, you know, I'm bringing the staff along and I'm at least, bringing the questions out before them. For some people, it would stress them out, and there are people who are no longer on our team who have uh, gone to other evangelical churches, and that fits them better, and I wish them nothing but the best. In fact, I had an interaction this morning with a friend of mine who I love dearly. And But, you know, we're just in two different worldviews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the staff overall, and I think it's because they were drawn right. to our community because of the ethic, not because of the dogma, that they actually got it pretty quickly. It, it just it. made sense. I love it. And, and there were people who were ahead of me on the LGBT conversation years before me. They were constantly bugging me. Like, <laughs> man, we got to get straight on this. Or, that's the wrong <laughs> word to use. We got to get uh, inclusive here. Yeah. This is silly. Like, you know, right. the gay people are fine and the Bible's wrong on this. And, right. Um, right. So it's just a it book that's well. been translated by a bunch of people over many, 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 many lifetimes. Yeah, absolutely. Who needed drugs or some sort of relief <laughs> pro- release process, absolutely. right? You know, and, and, and a lot of it is fear of death, you know? True. And and I loved what you said, how it's really about how to control people, right? Yeah. You know? Well, you can use anything in an absolutely. evil way. Absolutely. You can. Oh. You can use religion. Yeah. You can use anything. You can use modern medicine. You can use the law. Politics. Right. Yeah. You can use anything to control people, yeah. right? Fundamentalism. Unfortunately, Christians don't own fundamentalism. You can right. find it everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's really true. What I Now I'm going to say something very positive about your father, by yeah. the way, because Great. when I look at, you know, you and your your crew of people, you know, the, your, your cast of people, I know I'm not using the correct language here, but I just give credit to the parenting. You know, you had parents who were actually teaching a little outside of the box, even though they didn't recognize it. Oh, for sure. They were on the edge of their own world. They were, because otherwise their children would have not have been able to develop so independently, so quickly, Mm -hmm. starting in their twenties and to emerge in that before their forties, right? For sure. Um, Long before their forties in a place where they could, um, remake their own lives and their own families and yet keep the beautiful values that are important to them, but to um, be the loving individuals that their parents raised them to be. So Absolutely. how amazing I is that? that to my core. Yeah. yeah. I, so how is your dad with all of this, by the way? <laughs> to be frank, I really think my dad is, uh, has on his own journey, just like everyone, but since retiring, like he doesn't have to, toe any line for anyone like he's done he did his work and now he's moving on into a different phase of life and i think this is true of probably a lot of people who get to this era of their life they're like looking at closing it out like the final chapter like he may have decades and decades left but it's still 
you know, that last chapter, sort of, so to speak. And I think for him, that's opening him up a little bit more to other perspectives. And, and he certainly changed a lot over the last 10 years. And, and he would say, quite honestly, that even my pushing and pulling has been a part of that. But, um, you know, he's a great guy. And love, I think, ultimately trumps anything for him. That's good. So that's slowly that's changing great. his perspective. My intuition tells me this has been hard for him and difficult and difficult for you. That's yeah. what my intuition says. So you're very kind. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm trying to be a nice. It has been hard. I know yeah. it's created some stress. Right. Because people are, you know, can you believe? I'm so sorry, Mike, about your son. You know, wow. he's gone. The, you know, wow. so they get a lot of that. Wow. We have a good relationship. Right. Which is mo- what all that matters. Yes. Right. And totally. And luckily, because he, you know, for him, this was partially about business mm-hmm. he's able to separate that you mm-hmm. know and we had a great walk on the beach uh in in uh, i think february or uh, with my parents it's just me and my parents which has been a while since it's just been uh, we've had that opportunity yeah where i was just i was able to be like hey are you afraid for me i, I just want to know Aww. you're not terrified that i'm Aww. going to hell because Aww. i don't I, I don't want them to be worried I, I wanted to be like i know you may have these beliefs but i'm gonna be fine like and we share all that matters, which is the shared values of, you know, of abundant generosity and loving one another and all of those things. I believe all those just like you. So it was good. They were like, no, we're not worried about you. And so I didn't push it, the issue too far, but I wanted to be like, see, so therefore. I didn't even really think <laughs> about what a pressure that would be. You know, here you're having this, these mega, you know, when we're, you had a mega church and you're having these mega yeah. shifts in beliefs. Yeah. And of course, uh, how could you not be worried for what you're the people that you love who love you, how would they would feel totally. about the choices you're making? Because yeah. it is a stressful thing for them. It's a, for sure. it's heartbreaking for them actually, you know, cause their goal is to save, you mm-hmm. know, human beings. Um, so that I don't really, under, I don't know why, you know, I don't yeah. really understand the philosophy. Other, well, other there's than a lot that. of pressure in the Christian world. There's a, mm-hmm. even a scripture that says train up a child in the way he should go and he will not depart from it. Wow. And so sometimes there's a pressure for parents feel like, Oh, well I didn't train up the child in the way he should go good enough because right. obviously, you know, or whatever. So I, in that conversation, I just wanted to do what I could to relieve any sort of guilt or fear. Right. Um, wow. Wow. Because I've made my own choice in my right. own way. And right. I don't need them to change, but this is who I am and right. I'm going to be fine. <laughs> and you are. You're great. Yeah. So so the church falls apart. Yeah. You know, yeah. L- literally like that. Thousands of people leave, millions of dollars lost. Wow. Yeah. And it really wow. started before the LGBT wow. uh, announcement where we made a very clear statement of uh, affirmation um, because I was trying to get us ready to hear that by sort of dissecting, hey, the Bible's not what we've been told it was. And I wanted, I started with the violence text, the, the genocide commanded by God, quote, unquote, right. God like in the God Old Testament. Would, which yeah. I didn't understand Insane. until, again, I listened to part of you know some information this morning yeah. as I was preparing my notes. That uh, that evangelical Christians um, predominantly, and we yeah. obviously know there are a lot of people in the churches who don't believe those sure. things, right? That when something happens like a genocide, it's actually ordained by God. Yeah, there are some verses in Romans, particularly, or, or and there are some strains of it where it's a very fatalist. Like whatever happens is a part of some sort of divine blueprint, and you cannot right. uh, thwart the plan of God or what have you. So. Yeah, just trying to, that's what started before, like I said, the LGBT uh, conversation was trying to help people like, hey, we need to let, for the good of the world, we need to right. let go of any belief that says God, source, would ever command genocide right. of a group of people. And we right. call that goodness. And so that's the term command, because spiritualists actually do believe that things are happening for the soul and the evolution mm-hmm. of, sure. of, a, of an individual. Mm-hmm. But we don't necessarily think that God 
is commanding anything. We think right. that the soul as an individual being is having their own experience that maybe they, uh, I believe, that they unconsciously don't realize they're a part of, mm-hmm. or they consciously do know, but unconsciously they're... Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I so think there's so. a difference yeah. between... Spiritualists actually believe that we have free will yeah. um, and that everyone's making a decision and that we come to earth. It's a contractual experience for most yeah. of us. It doesn't have to be. Anyone can become conscious in any moment sure. and anyone can make a conscious decision. So that's interesting how, it, again, these could be just ways that things are translated. Yeah. Right? And there's a paradox. I mean, evangelicals will be like, no, we believe in free will too. And so you're like, okay, you do, but you don't. And I think evangelical theology is a quagmire of evasion, really. It's like, yeah, there's a, we're always dodging, like, oh, that doesn't right. make any sense either. But here's how we explain it with complexity. Um, ultimately, my goal in 2000, by the end of 2000, 2013, I was actually getting ready to do a message, and I was and I was up there to do it. And I was like, I don't believe this. Wow. And I couldn't do it. Wow. And that was the beginning of like, wow. I can spend no more time of my life living disintegrated. I need to integrate. And whatever happens to the church happens to the church. Wow. I just can't tell you how proud I am of you. <laughs> no, really. Okay. I'm so, so, I'm, I mean, almost to the point of tears. And I'm not <laughs> someone who cries in public. <laughs> I'm kind of a private person when it comes to my tears. Uh, and I've seen a lot and heard a lot, right? Um, just the nature of my work and the sure, work I did before, yeah. energy work. Um, so, yeah, I'm just amazed and proud of you. I think it's so hard to leave something so successful and and, and something you love, you know, to yeah. some degree anyway or a huge degree. But to be able to actually stay in alignment with your belief system and to choose that over the bigger picture of what it means to be successful and all these other, you know, interesting words that we sure. use to describe who we are. And, and like, oh, I made it or I, I had this great, you know, I, I did what I was supposed to do, what everyone wanted me to do, and, yeah. and I did it well. You know, yeah. I, th- I think it's amazing to walk away from that and to choose your truth and your individuality. I think that's powerful. I think that is very godly-like. Mm-hmm. I think the more individualized people become, the more they become like their god selves. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. Um, so I'm very, I'm so proud of you. And I can't even imagine Michelle's like sitting in the audience, you know, mm-hmm. or sitting in the church, right, watching you. And and probably, I, I'm sure you're, you know, we don't have you mic'd, but I'm, I'm sure your heart was like breaking as you were watching your husband, but also happy that he's being himself. And I mean, what an interesting and confusing <laughs> moment for yeah. everyone. Oh, man, without her, I wouldn't, I would have been gone a long time ago. I, I would not have had the strength to keep going. I didn't, that constant, like, we're doing the right thing. This is virtuous. <laughs> You're going to be okay. Like Aww. we must continue. Like Aww. without her, we would not be here. <laughs> wow. So, so you are still a minister of these I days. am. I'm Isn't a, that amazing? Yeah. Aren't you I? so proud what of you? What am I? Well, you're lots of lots of things. A future author. <laughs> I, I know I'm pushing the you're button here. That. Yeah, but, but, but I'm one of those people when I see something, I, I know that it's supposed to, it, it's like. There is no real absolute it has to be, but I know that it's a good path for you. Yeah, I can see that. It's a potentiality, a strong, it's a positive huge potentiality. potential. I like you it. Know, <laughs> you know, once you start getting that ink on paper or whatever, how are you going to do it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so so Eastlake sur- survived. And yeah. So how many people came up to you and said, thank you so much for doing this? Oh, gosh. I, I don't know. So many. I mean, from around the country and around the world, like... Is, what we've what we've been doing has been less about this local community and more about 
you know, seven generations. It, it's about how do we help the further evolution of consciousness, uh, and it may be small in our own time, but what we're able to do in families will ripple. And of course, you know, I don't know what the number is, but the letters, the emails, the direct messages on Facebook, the people who physically come, who drive hours or fly across the country to come to a service, you know, there's something happening where this is resonating with people who are like, I, this tradition works for me, but not all this stuff. And we provide an option for, um, well, well the way we say it is Eastlake isn't going to be for everyone. Um, but for some people, it's the only thing, you know? Wow. Wow. Well, I'm again, so proud of you okay. and so happy that you are still providing, you know, something wonderful for the community and, um, and it's growing. It, it really yeah. is. Yeah. I know. And I know you look surprised. You're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, how did this happen? You know, you, you were probably plant. Did you have a plan B job that you were going to do? No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my plan B job was to move to the beach and like sell surf wax and chill out and you know? <laughs> everybody great. leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I am, again, honored that you came on the show today. Oh, and my pleasure. I love that we had this conversation. I know our listeners will love it, and I wish you continued success. And um, I think you have a special, a very special message for everyone in the world, and I hope you share it with us and thank continue you. to do so. I plan to. All right. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, joyful blessings. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.